the Freelance Dance, a weekly conversation between three experienced freelancers who are navigating the ups and downs and the ins and outs of the Freelance Dance. My name is Jake Knight, joined by my co-hosts, Marty Theory and Brandon Watts. Welcome to the Freelance Dance. Yeah. Okay, good. Ask me again. So who is your ideal customer, Jake? And be specific. Don't say, don't say small businesses in the, you know, so-and-so area, but I want to know industry. I want to know all that stuff. As, as we've been taught, you got to be so specific. As specific as you can get. Okay. So I've actually been wrestling or wrestling. Is that how you guys say it down in Florida? Wrestles. I've been been wrestling with this idea because, you know, when you start up as a freelancer, like you tend to touch a lot of different industries, you know, like I, I've got a pest control company that I do work for, um, an, an, or a farm market, um, an industrial manufacturer. I mean, it, literally it is across the board. So I was thinking about that. Um, so, so here's where I think I've narrowed it down. And I think I want to do, I think, you know, brewing or breweries, I think that's, that is a space I really enjoy that the challenge of that, but also I think if I'm going to get hyper-specific, it's breweries that have either just started distribution or are contemplating distribution. So that is the, I sell in-house only versus I have it in stores. Um, That is the, that is because, because once you get past the, uh, once you start going, you know, statewide, or even region wide, you have to have a pretty robust team. And that's usually all in house. That's, that's going to be your, you're going to actually have a marketing team in house. So if you're going to be looking to, for someone to like help guide you, you might not, your marketing person might, might just like design your menu that might technically and run a Facebook boosted post. So I think that's, but I, so, but here's my, uh, if that's the target market, what I want to do is just offer a free marketing audit as an initial saying, Hey, just, you know, something that takes 30 minutes, you know, I haven't crafted that yet. I'd like to, I was actually thinking about a way to automate that productize, you know, something. So it's not reliant on my time that they could purchase something. And then they fill out a form. And then based on that form, I can then take that data and put it into, you know, a slideshow, you know, there's some pretty fun things you can do with Zapier integrations and take a Google form and put into a presentation. But so yeah, that's the, that is a long tail version of target market and a possible way to touch them. Okay. So is that, that who you want to be serving now client wise, or is that who you want to be serving in the future? Like, is this an immediate thing you're working on or is it a, this is a longer term plan? So it's actually more on the immediate side um, because again, as we've, as we've all talked in the past about having like, when you're all over the place with ideas, which is what I am, you can chase down a lot of different rabbits and, and yes, each one might produce some results, but I would like to work smarter. I mean, work hard, but also work smarter so that I can, as we talked about productizing, take what I'm doing and recycle it, reuse it for somebody else. And eventually, you know, I've kicked around the idea of doing um, a, you know, brewery startup video course. That's like a marketing one-on-one for, so you have, so you start a brewery. Now what 
you know, just sort sort of that that approach and say, you know what, put that at a at a price point that's higher than what you would find because these are people that are going to be hungry. They're going to spend money on things, but they're not going to hire a major company. Right. They're going to try to do it themselves, right? Just like the productized stuff that you're doing, yep. Brandon. But like they're going to mm-hmm. try to do it themselves at first. Somebody they know. Yeah. So I. So and in that line, I actually had a client um, forward me an email. I was I did some product photography for um, a major grocer this week for the brewery that I've done work for. Sort of last minute project. They needed their six packs um, front and back taken to to go onto the online version of this grocery store. So I set up the you know, photo studio in, in my office and shot the f- pictures and everything. But in going through can the you, requirements... Can you record that one day? Just like the setup? Just yeah. Record, record you re- making a, a photo studio. Can I, do a, um, a, can I do a time lapse? Yeah. Or you want it like second for second? No, I want time lapse like a... Okay. And then like, you don't have to show the product, but like show the, like, it's in that stuff is interesting to me. But anyway, so go ahead. And and listeners for $10 a month on our Patreon, you'll get exclusive access to Jake's <laughs> how to build a photo set. <laughs> yeah, it's it's actually, it's, it's not as, you, it's not as complicated as you think. Um, But it does require, it does require some, some strategery. Like, I'm just curious, like, are you like pulling down like this big, huge white sheet and like to make a zero background or. So I actually have a white backdrop, but I did, I mean, you know, sidebar, I, I mounted, I clipped the background, the white to my bar and then let it hang. Um, I used a, whatever those things are that um, get wrinkles out. A steamer, steamer, a yeah. small little portable steamer to like clear. Because here's the other thing that I've learned the hard way: I'll just edit that in Photoshop. Yeah, don't. If you can do it <laughs> beforehand, oh my goodness. Anyway, so I did that. Then I set a table up so I kind of had that seamless white background, and I have two LED lights. Two, just they're by newer. I think I paid a hundred bucks for the set, maybe two hundred bucks. I don't know. Um, probably two. And then I just took those, put those up fairly high lights, and then set the camera exposure so I could just get, you know, as much as I could. Um, took the photos front, back, front, back, front, back, three different ones, and then brought them into the computer through Lightroom, kind of imported them in, did some initial color adjustments to kind of get like the white balance across them all, exported those into Photoshop, and then cut out the background, put them on white. On, so there's no, there's no shadowing underneath, you know, turned all that stuff out. It took probably four to six hours all said and done between revisions and things like that. What is that service called? You would, what would you like? Product photography, product photography. Yep. But anyway, so that was a sidebar that client in in the communication emails forwarded me an email from that grocer that actually had not BC seed, just C seed, every single brewery in like a tri-state region that has their products at their stores all of the direct contacts, the names and the email addresses of all of the people who are responsible for like at those breweries for getting them their, the, the photographs. So I'm sitting on a list now between four and 800 names, Whoa. which is like, uh, there was like a ray of light that came down and it beamed <laughs> into my computer and the birds chirped. 
the birds anyway, sang. They didn't just chirp on that one. They, didn't, they sang. So that's, that's kind that's of a thousand dollar list right there. That's exactly that's exactly what I told told my wife. Like that would be a grand if I had to buy that. So that's kind of spurred this. It was a long term goal, but now with this, I kind of think this is a twenty twenty one process of chipping away through videos, reaching out, and for the marketing audit. Literally just doing a little bit of homework, marketing audit. And I, I love this topic. So we can go through all three of us on our ideal customer, like who who our customer is now, but who it needs to be. So I mean, with you, Jake, some more. Um, you've always been focused like on local companies, right? I mean, how what's the farthest company that you work with from where you live, mileage wise? I'm curious. Are they all literally within a hundred miles or I mean, currently, um, probably currently they're all within 150 miles. Um, I have worked with a company in Florida there was, but it was a client that transplanted. They were in Michigan and they moved down to Florida. Um, or no, no, that actually was a referral. Um, here's what I have always done local. Uh, thank you COVID to help me understand that you can actually do all the same stuff that we do with anybody now that it's normal. So to that point, Local has been the focus, but this has really opened up my eyes. And honestly, you know, hanging out with you and your work in Europe, you know, European markets, you've been doing that for forever. And mm-hmm. like, it takes some of the mystery away of that, like, oh, there's a bigger world out there, you know, yeah. there's more, more value. Interesting. So are you trying to, when you talk about breweries, cause I'm thinking <clears throat> immediately of you know, how many breweries are within, I guess, well, Michigan, I guess you could say about 150 miles of you. You'd obviously, this sounds like it'd be more of a national thing or even international. Is that true? Or is it only so, local, like Michigan based breweries? So every, at least in the, the union, at least in the U S every state has somewhat different requirements for like the legal, you know, legality of how they can sell it, how they can ship it, distribute it. This, there's no uniform, anything. So taking what I, you know, depending on how you want to go about it, but I wouldn't be opposed to learning. I do think, and I have not done enough research on it to figure out, but there are home brewers aplenty. Um, and there are literally, and honestly, we're kind of at the end of the like boom of brew. I mean, there's still a bunch. I imagine the pandemic's going to shut a bunch down which that would just create a vacuum and then we'll have a bunch of new ones come back up, probably rebranded, renamed, whatever. So I, I'm sure there is a market someplace, whether in my region, nationally or internationally of a market that is underserved or doesn't have the resources. And part of that's the, and we talked about um, goals and intent. Part, part of what, what really bothers me is that these, some of these bigger players and not just in that industry, but everywhere because they have so much cash, they, they kind of dictate the market and they can push a lot of the smaller people out of the way. So there, and there's plenty to go around, but a lot of it's just know-how. So that's like the underdog kind of thing. Like I really think it's important for those underdogs to be given a fair chance, or at least to be educated. And if the product's terrible, well then they deserve to fail. (laughs) You know, I mean, if it's, if it's a crappy product, then stay out of the market. Um, But a lot of them don't even get the chance to let a day. So have you done any searching? I mean, I know you're just throwing some ideas around, but have you done any searching? Is there a marketing agency just for breweries? There, yeah, there's a handful. Um, a lot of them focus around design and branding. Mm-hmm. So not just, just necessarily, um, yeah, not necessarily just marketing in specific, but um, 
there are a handful that will really, I mean, you can, so I did some research for like label design and there's, comp, you know, the bigger the company, they'll spend up to 60 grand on a, on label design because if, you know, it's going to, it's going to be a, you know, they're going to sell it in all 50 States or it's, you know, it's going to be, it's a national brand. So it needs to have that level of detail and attention to it. Um, but, but no, that's actually one of my downfalls as a human is failing to research competition. So I just like to go with my idea and hope it sticks. <laughs> it's tough to research competitors. I mean, there's I, a few. I think we, yeah, I think we all need to Google search. Yeah. We all probably need to do it more often, but I think there is a balance there. Like you should pay attention to competition. All of us should, but I mean, to a healthy extent, because first of all, you can really start to, speaking of um, imposter syndrome, which we talked about before. I mean, you start to look at all these people and think, well, they're doing really good work or, you know, it can kind of throw you off your game, but I try to, I try not to look very often like at what other agencies are doing. I try not to, but it, it's good to, good to check. Cause I mean, it, you can always differentiate, you know, I mean, well, even in, in t- yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, even, even saying, you know, I'm only for the, for the Northeast, like I'm that's, that's what I've always, that's something I always try to apply from that. These marketing courses and things I've learned over the years is they want you to be so specific. So you could be the marketing agency for breweries in the Northeast or, you know, the Midwest. And Hey, if you're a brewery in the Midwest and you're looking at competitors, you're going to pick the one that's just for you versus the one who just is a general marketing agency for breweries. I mean, that's kind of where I, where I've had to fight too. Cause really what I should do with my messaging is I work with European technology startups, but I, I can't you- get myself to, to say that. I just say, I work with technology startups and then I message it out individually to them when I pitch them directly. But I, I should publicize that more. That would be an interesting AB test to see to see if that yeah. uh, in some sort of marketing, because I'm curious if they like you because you are a U.S. base and you're not doing the same thing that all the other European companies are doing. Potentially. Potentially. I mean, okay. Yeah. I really, if I'm being very specific about my customers, it would be European tech startups that are seed or series A funded. That's if I got even more specific, it would be seed funded European startups. I could just ride that and just make that my exclusive market, but well, I, I haven't done that. Well, it, cause it makes me feel uncomfortable. It's, it's the, always the thing about marketing is that you feel uncomfortable rejecting potential business because by saying that you're basically telling anyone else who comes across you, yeah, you, I'm not, you know, I'm not for you, even though you could be for them. I can work with any start. I could work with any, I've worked with a water company. Like I don't, it doesn't need to be tech. I'm just picking tech because that's where my experience is. And that's what I know. And you have to define, you have to, you can't just say I'm a PR agency, even though some do, and I'll work with anyone. I'm not into that. I I do have a defined customer. So So, my, my approach, my approach, the way I'm doing it is my website says we help technology startups. That's it. And even the wording there is very specific. It's not, we help technology companies. It's we help technology startups, which implies you are a seed or series A funded company primarily. So that helps me be specific. But I do from there, when I'm reaching out to companies, I make it very clear when I pitch them directly that my experience is with European tech companies and I've worked with ones, you know, so I should have those companies listed on your site, right? You've got, 
Yeah. And they all recognize them when they look at a list, they know, but I should, if I'm really committed to that target audience, I should put that at my header and say, we help European tech startups and that, but I just haven't got to that point. I probably will soon. Cause my, my deal flow seems to be all European still. Like, even though I know other people in VCs and stuff in the U S it's all from Europe. So I should just go all in and I keep fighting it, but this is the conversation like for you, Jake too. It's like, it's very hard to be that narrow in your customer because you do feel like you're leaving a lot off the table. Like it, and, and I think it's counterintuitive Swedish flags to your background on your website. <laughs> I think I, I know a guy who could do that <laughs> while we're talking. <laughs> um, but I think that that's probably the other, the other shift that happens in the freelance space is that you, you go from, you know, it's famine to start with, right? I mean, it's, and you're literally just like, I'll take anything. I'll do anything for anyone. And that mentality can stay and you can find yourself like not able to hone in on a specific subject matter, but, but okay. So I have some other thoughts about the, um, you know, niche markets, niche spaces, whatever you want to want to call it from, from marketing. But I'm curious um, about Marty's, uh, about Marty's, ideal customer and don't see no one. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, um, so going back to the point where you're, you're, you're picking and choosing and, and if it's feast or famine and my, my, my dad, we used to say all the time, um, if you don't make a decision, somebody's going to make a decision for you. Right. Right. Regardless, you know, if you don't choose to do something or, or plan something out, uh, that's going to, it's going to, somebody else is going to do it for you, whether it's a circumstance or a person or whatever. Um, and you know, we've all been there. If you're a freelancer, you understand that, you know, if, uh, you, you know, if you, especially if you're first start, starting out, you're kind of kind of take whatever you're, you're given. Um, and <clears throat> so my clientele is across the board too going from, you know, working for marketing companies to, um, smaller companies like AC companies and, uh, working for, um, marketing companies that do stuff for, uh, the auto business, auto business or auto, uh, auto industry. Um, so, you know, is that like, does that sound like super, uh, fancy and and something that you know hey that's when i first started out that i say well you know this is where i want to go with my career or with what i'm doing do i want to work for um tire makers <laughs> right like is that could you know, be i could be yeah right mm-hmm. like- i mean but you know brewery sounds extremely you know uh, you know i'm pretty sure that everyone would love to either either be in the brewery industry uh, the music industry, uh, mm. any, uh, any type of like entertainment industry there, you know, those are going to be, those are, those sound, uh, those sound like, you know, something that I'd like to get into. Right. Um, <clears throat> I actually, my, my favorite clients are actually established businesses, um, businesses that have been around for a long time, businesses who know they are, who they are, uh, can, when I interview them for their websites, they, you know, they can answer those questions and they understand the value of why those things are needed on their website. 
Um, whereas far as like newer companies or companies just getting started, um, not necessarily, uh, you know, I'm trying to pick, pick my words carefully here, but basically, you know, companies who, who, who know who they are, knew, know who their target market is, um, know what is important to show to their customers or what they're selling. Um, those are the ones that, that I look for anyway. Is that more like, so what you're saying is that a company that has a line item for design and web development or something like they, that's part of their long-term plan. They recognize the value of that as a, as a service. Okay. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I've worked with companies where they're just like, just put the phone number on the website and (laughs) I want, I want to, I want them to call me, you know? where it's like, well, you have a service or you have a product that other companies are, are that have as well, but you, you're not providing that, uh, the ability to, for me to purchase or to, for me, the ability to, uh, get more information on your website, you know, you're not using it, you know, that's a really basic example, but ultimately that's, I mean, essentially what you're saying, you, you don't want to use this insanely valuable tool to uh to make you money and that you know <laughs> it, that it's client like- that client is there there's for every for every one amazing like awesome client that i have there are 10 that want a phone number on their website and don't understand why they need a website and it, that's what you're going to find when you start out in this if you're going to if for if you're going to be making websites or, or or working in design um there are a lot more people that don't understand it than there are that do and maybe there's a service there's a potential service right there <laughs> educating people or trying to educate the value. i i, I yeah. don't it's almost like you're fighting it's almost like you're fighting them to show and, hey and I, yes <laughs> and and that generations i i think that gap is narrowing that that yeah. gap of the or, or or maybe what i mean is that subset of people is getting smaller mm-hmm. um maybe think like somebody having a one of those illuminated signs like in their parking lot that has like you can put whatever wording you want in it and they just want we're open or our phone number but they have yeah. all of the other things to say yeah. right um or isn't the arrow good enough it's just pointing telling everybody we're here right just the arrow on the sign is that enough um so so with that said then an established company who ex- ex- realizes the value of what you do i mean that's a pretty broad I mean, is there like, have you thought about like, is there any specific kinds of companies? I mean, outside of like you've mentioned, you know, those fun, um, exciting ones. I have, I have been seriously taking uh, some time um, considering whether or not this is something, this is this path that I want to continue down um, mm. specifically f- for um, we still haven't had a productized podcast yet, but Soon, um, soon, my friends. <laughs> that is that is all all of Brandon Watts's alley, but um, that is something that I want to transition into is more of a building a product than necessarily uh, having a service. Um, <clears throat> yes, I can you know productize my services essentially, <laughs> and you know. And to me, like, that's a really, really good idea as far as 
saying here, this is what we can do. And this is how much it costs. And here's the price on the website. Whoa. Mm -hmm. Like that to me, you don't, you can't go to any developer designer website right now. Who's a freelancer or an agency and see any prices on there. You'll see a contact form that says, Hey, what's your budget? We'll quote you. Yeah. We'll what's, quote your budget? You. yeah. <laughs> what's your budget? Here's your, here's a drop down where, here, you know, if you don't, you know, if you, you, you want to be you know smart and say, you know what, I'm going to put my budget, the, the least, the least amount is going to start at 25 and then go, you just alienated a bunch of, you know, a whole bunch of people, you know, to me, the value is, is providing options on your website that say, Hey, this is what I can do for this amount of money. And if you want to do this other thing, this is how much it costs. Also, you don't have to do this other thing. And so that whole productizing part of it for the services part is to me where it's at. But I, that's the thing too. I don't know if I want to keep doing this. I want to, I want to build stuff. Like I am full steam ahead in react right now. And I'm like, got so many ideas that are wrestling around in my head. So um, <clears throat> anyway, so, I mean, there's that, that's like a, completely different transition going into, you know, going from something that I've known for a long time and know how to do and can do in my sleep, building websites, designing logos and, and doing design, uh, to actually building products. Um, so that's where I'm at for, unfortunately. So my, my customer is somebody who's going to come and buy that from me. (laughs) We should, we should talk because, um, it actually just made me think, and again, looking and I just, you know, stick with that brewery market as a thing. There's a handful of services like uh, Untapped or, you know, some of those ones where they can get those widgets on their website or other places, but it's all this like monthly subscription and it can be expensive for a lot. A lot of companies will do it to start and then they like, they can't justify the cost. So there's yeah. no, and like the alternative is like a Google Sheets or Google Data Studio integration that it isn't super pretty, um, but functional. But anyway... I think we we've all, you know, so let's just put it for the record that productize, like let's do that the next episode. It'll just, it'll be a productized extravaganza. Um, bookmark that one, man. Bookmark it. I'm going to, well, I'm going to drink a lot of coffee before that one. <laughs> like instead of speeding up the episode, they have to slow it down to like, yeah, you're gonna have all to like reverse. the details. Yeah. I don't know. Did, did I answer the question though? Did I answer the question? I mean, you, I you did sort it in of. a beautiful way yeah. by saying you're not sure what you want to do going forward. So you can't narrow it down. But I just heard a stat That's okay. that said it is okay that like 50 years ago, people had one career. That's it. Right. One career. Now it's not uncommon for people to have two to three different careers and actually like not just jobs, but like separate industries that, that you're doing. Um, I mean, I've had like 40, if we're going to be honest, but um, I think there's no wrong, nothing wrong in that either. Like, I think that's important to like, we're not even at the halfway mark of any of our lives, even let alone career stuff. And you can pivot there's, you can, there's no rule that says you can't change your mind, you know? Um, yeah. There's no rule that says you can't do that on, on this well, topic. Yeah. Go ahead, Marty. Well, I, you know, just thinking uh, the, the, the problem, I mean, not the problem, but the, um, what comes along with being a freelance web developer and designer is the, um, the justifying the cost of how much of what, what things, you know, because I, you know, I could go out and get this thing for five bucks on Fiverr. Right. 
I could just have somebody come on, come on, say, Hey, why does your thing cost $1,500 where I can just go on one of these service websites and, and get it for 10. And so, you know, that's, that's, you know, for me, who's someone who actually, you know, is trying to make a, 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 you know, a living doing this, doing that kind of business. Um, you realize that, you know, those aren't your clients that you want, you know, that's not the, that person who is going to go on Fiverr who just needs something right now and get it over with. That's not the client that you, that's not your, that's mm-hmm. not your client. Um, they have different needs. They have different goals. Um, so and, and it could be that that particular client also hyper understands exactly what they need. They don't need, because I, I think the flip, the flip of that is that people that mm-hmm. do value services like what you provide, Marty, they know they need something, but they're, they don't understand. They know there's more to it. They need a guide. Right. And that's, and that's what they're, they're paying for a guide. That's the, the yeah. bigger part of that, that story. Story brand all the way. The, the guide from Donald Miller, Jake. Yeah, that and that's that's actually a really good way of looking at it. But what Marty's talking about there, because it's true, when I've used Fiverr and these services, I know exactly what I want, and I view it as a one-time expense. I'm never going to talk to this person again. That doesn't work How with your website. You? No, I, I refuse. <laughs> You're dead to me. I, I don't even want to. I barely want to pay him. No, I'm just <laughs> but but uh, with with Marty's talking about is true. If you're building a website, there are people who just want it one and done. And then we'll hire some other guy to change it whenever they want changes. But there's plenty of clients that need someone continually throughout the process and post design. And you're not going to, when you go to Fiverr, those people aren't looking for that because that's not the way it's built. It's not built to do recurring contracts and it's built for a quick design. So there's definitely a lane for a designer and developer that is continually being used. Um, so I, yeah, I mean, I, I think there's plenty of options, but. I understand the concern, but I also see that not everyone wants that transactional relationship. But, and and to that point, there's also the um, the trust factor. A lot of clients they need to know there's someone they can look to or call when things don't go right. And and that honestly, I think having that safety net of like, hey, go use Squarespace and set up your website. Okay, but what if? Well, reach out to their support. Well, we have, we all have relationships with support systems and how we feel about them. And if they're going to get back to you or you're a cog and said, they can call up and be like, Hey, Marty, my site's down. You're like, I know I'm actually working on it right now. I got a flag. It'll be up here in a few minutes. Peace of mind. They can sleep at night. Right. But is that a premium service? Absolutely. Right. It is the the value behind it. And so that's where you have to, uh, you, the client, does the client understand that? Um, and I don't know if I have it in me anymore to tell them. No, no. You know, I, I feel with the, with the rate that the web space is going, even the no code movement of just, you know, it does put you in a, in a particular, I actually was joking with a former workmate. They did um, design like a vacation visitor's guides in uh, print publications and and that's kind of like the bread and butter and i'm like you guys do know that like like you need to expand i mean this is someday gonna go away like at some point you know um so i think it's smart to be thinking that way marty whether it happens tomorrow or in a year or 10 i 
What I love about freelancers is that we're, like you said, we're problem solvers. So, I mean, whatever that, you know, whatever that issue is or whatever that we're, we're really good at figuring out how to do things. Mm -hmm. Um, and if it's how to design, how to develop, how to write PR, right. How how to, how to do any, you know, do all of these things. That's actually probably the most valuable, um, uh, most valuable trait that we have is being able to solve problems, figure out how to fix the issue. Um, I honestly think Vanilla Ice said it best. If there's a problem, you all solve it. Yeah. So, So, I mean, that's literally my motto for my website. Do we have to pay him for that reference or? (laughs) Is that title of this one? (laughs) If there's a problem, you all solve it. I think it should be. Um, Yeah, I do have you're right. Yeah, go ahead. I I do have a a question kind of on that. This topic is, and this, I think we might vary here, but it's all related. Do you prefer to work with a large number of clients at one time? Or do you prefer to work with a smaller curated? Because there's, this is a different personality type thing. There are people I know that love to work and Jake, you work with a ton of people. Marty does too, but some personalities love having different projects going on at once. I'm on the opposite end where I, I really, a part of it's just my attention span, I guess, but I really like to go deep with a very small number of people at a time, but I'm just curious how you each treat that. Like in your, not just your current business, but moving forward, would you rather be doing a lot for a lot? I mean, a little for a lot of people or, you know, a lot for a small number of people. I'll go last. (laughs) Okay. Um, I think it depends on what kind of project it is. Uh, some projects like support, you can, you can manage, you can manage support, you can manage, uh, you know, fixing things um, for multiple different companies or clients on a different, on a, on a you know, as, as they come. Um, the start of a project is harder. The start of the, the start of the project or, or trying to lay the foundation um, and trying to um, keep everything organized um that to me is a little bit i think you need to you need to be able to focus at least for a week or two on the one client um that's helpful because you're establishing a relationship um you want to make sure you've got everything down first personally this is what i believe i mean so you know if you can do this all in one day that's great but um being able to to keep that communication going um especially, especially if they're paying you pretty good. So, um, those things I think are important, but yeah, to be able to focus on a, on a one client at a time, especially at the beginning of a, of a important project is pretty, mm-hmm. probably a good idea. Yeah. Jake. Yeah. Cause I know no, a lot I... of freelancers have to figure this out. It's like, and that, that comes into your pricing too. I'm going to charge a lot for a small number of clients or I'm going to have a lot of clients pay me a smaller amount of money. That is, there's good strategies on both sides. So I think this is such an interesting, like, so here's, here's a scenario that I found myself in from starting up and, you know, starting at the, you know, meeting at a networking group saying, Hey, I build websites and you need a website and um, getting these onesies, twos, these clients. And then, you know, here it is 15 years later. And I, I have a hard time offloading them because I, I, I know them, I know their kids, I know, you know, that they're in a motorcycle accident and they're just in the hospital. And, you know, it's like, 
you, you see all that stuff. So it's hard to go. So I think over time, you can just like end up having like a ton of different businesses you do work for. Okay. So that's what can happen. And I found myself in that, in that space to Marty's topic or, or concept, preferably a small curated group um, would be ideal, but, but without having all of your eggs in one basket. So I think having two main sources of income as a freelancer is a dangerous spot to be in. And I'm just, you know, speaking from example, you know, personal experience last week, um, it's a dangerous space to be in. Um, but on the flip of that, back when we owned our dance studio, we had like 150, 200 students and we had all their parents. So we had technically like 400 ish customers that like we had to help keep happy. That's very challenging. It's doable. It's very challenging. So I've kind of like, feel like I've gone the extreme of having like, you have to keep every single person happy. And then in where it's different than like in business to business, like for, if you work for business A and build them a beautiful website, business B doesn't go, well, why is their website nicer than, than mine? Which is what it's like when you're working with kids and their parents. Um, <laughs> so, so also why I'm a big fan of leave your stuff off the bottom of the website. Do you really ever get any work from a footer link I'm just kidding. I, I, I'm, I'm not sticking my flag in the ground for that. But anyway, I small, a small group is ideal. I agree, by the way. Okay, small, small group is ideal. Um, but also, if you don't have that luxury, um, maybe figure it out. I figure out what you want. I think maybe that's the other thing you're talking about, Brandon, is like you, you really should know what your ultimate long-term goal is, not just what tomorrow's dollar is going to be. So what, what about yeah. you? Well, it's, it's kind of different for me too. in in a weird way, like for the longest time, for the past few years, I've had probably two clients a year that, you know, paid me continually, which is, which is nice. And that's the way I prefer to work. But this year and moving forward, the way I'm trying to do things is have 12 to 15 clients a year, but keep in mind that they don't overlap. So it's, it's kind of like I am focused completely on someone and then someone on com comes on after that. And that's the whole productized model where it's not a recurring relationship. It's very transactional, you know, um, there is support that goes on, but I'll have more clients, which is, is something good for me. Cause I like working on different problems. I found working with two clients in a year. I really love those clients and did a lot for them, but for my own sanity, it's kind of nice to get involved in other stuff, but I don't want that all at the same time. I don't want to have 12 to 15 clients a month. So that's, that's another reason this productized thing. It just fits me like a glove because I get to work with 12 to 15 companies a year, but sequentially, like maybe two a month, maybe one a month, but I get to go super deep on a company for three to four weeks and then complete the project and move on. So that's, that's another option. And, and we will talk about productizing, but you're hearing about a number of different approaches here and every single one of them has its benefits. That's why you have to figure it out for yourself and your clients and the way you like to work. I mean, I know people that love to have 50 clients a month. They love it. That to me would make me never sleep and lose, lose my mind, but that's just yeah. me. I'm, I'm, yeah. I can't work that way. So I have to be on these, the smaller client list. In, in the words of Gary V, self-awareness is your biggest superpower. I mean, if you, if, you know, if you know yourself and what actually works for you, you, you avoid a lot of those stupid pitfalls, right? If you're, like, you're self-aware to know that like, that's be horrible. Um, and maybe that's 
you're just smart enough to know that. And some people learn it the hard way by doing it and realizing they hate it, which is not. Yeah. Well, you have to learn it. You have to learn it. I mean, I subcontracted with PR agencies and then clients would just come into my life out of nowhere. Like you don't have control over that. And I think all of us have had that experience somewhat when you're working under someone else, even as a freelancer, I was a freelancer at the time, but I was working under an agency and whatever work they brought in, I got involved with. Right. So you don't really have a say, like you might've been working with four companies a month, which is good and might be great in many cases. Then they sign two more and suddenly you're working on six. That's just a hard way. <laughs> That's a hard way to live. That's why I, I don't like the agency model. I just do not like the agency model from the worker's perspective or the contractor's perspective. I do not like the fact that you wake up one day and you've got two more clients that you don't know, never met, and suddenly your your their problems are your problems and you never agreed to it. Not a fan of that. Not a fan of that. I I could like rail on the PR. Marriage, right? Yeah, like I could rail marriage. on the agency model for a while, um, but I won't. But because <laughs> I, I you know I've done it. I've even I've even had people working with me. I've I've done that side of the agency model too, where I've you know I've tried all the different approaches, um, and you know what? Some of them work for some people, but again, for me. It's, it's the way I described it. It's going really deep with one or two companies at a time and then another one or two companies. That's the way I like to work. Well, and I, I think that's probably the, the key takeaway from any of that is that you have to know how you like to work and curate the space around you for, you know, you, you, you work a lot. I mean, just as the facts, you just spend a lot of time, you know, working. So yeah being smart about that. Okay. How about we, uh, we uh, switch to the old gears and let's do a little something, you'll, stuff you like section here. A little, little goodie bag. What do, what do we got? Like, Oh, quick. Uh, look at my bookmarks. Um, it's on my desk. Yeah. Uh, I got really into this. I forgot that we had to do this. That's embarrassing. <laughs> no, that's awesome, man. I love it. That's the passion that we bring you here on freelance dance. Just, Unadulterated. Well, I just means first. you're. Yeah, please. Go please. first. I'm gonna okay. Google like a maniac while you're talking. Okay. So, um, you know, I kind of like to kick it old school and just keep it classy. And hey, hey, Jake, do you like to kick it old school? I like do you also like school. to keep it classy, Jake? I'm known for me? keeping it classy. Yeah. Thanks wow. for asking, you guys. That's, can you kick it? Like, um, we can <laughs> kick it. Yes, we can. <laughs> yes, we can. Um, so I. I'm a visual person. Um, I like to see things. I, I've <laughs> often said if it's in a drawer, it is dead to me. I prefer not to be blind. I prefer not to be blind. <laughs> but if you are, that's there's no shame in that. Exactly. Um, no, but just I, I physically need to have like I have like I said before, posters on my wall and stuff. So I recently got from Amazon a dual-sided 24-inch by 40-inch whiteboard that's on wheels that kind of that flips. So like you can use both sides of it. Um, and I've found that I have to do list apps and I've got stuff on calendars, but like my mornings now for the past week, um, I just, I, I got a whiteboard. I look at my to-do list and I kind of jot down each of the items that I'm going to, that I'm going to do. And then as I think about it, I kind of order them in priority what I think's. And then here's the fun thing. I've put my, how long I think it's going to take me to do it and what I'm going to bill for it. And then when I finish it, I put how long it actually took me because I, I just am curious to see like, you know, we're horrible self-estimators are great. We overestimate, underestimate, whatever. I just want to see how realistic my, my thought is. 
and we can talk about the results of that some other time, but um, it takes way less time than I always anticipate almost every single time, way less time. Um, yes. But anyway, so that's, that's my thing. I, lo- I love, that's cool. It's kind of been a game changer, even for the volunteer project that we work on. I, I have got all of my tasks outlined because that stuff seems to, you know, in an email or somewhere ins and outs and you forget what you're working on. But now I know exactly what I'm working on, where I'm at in the process. Um, it's just a whiteboard. Like I, I didn't think it'd be that big of a deal, but to visually see that stuff all the time is really important for me. Do you think it's because you have to get up and go over to the whiteboard and write stuff down? It, it very well could be because I'm you, I'm use, I use apps for stuff like that. Like I use different apps. Mm -hmm. I try, I mean, right now I'm in like this, like I've been using bear notes just to keep everything together, but I'm interested in something else that's come out recently or it's been out. But, um, you think that, I mean, it's, I mean, bear, you know, any, any notes application is going to basically do the same thing that your whiteboard is doing. Right. Why do you think that it's, you like it better on a whiteboard than you do in a notes app? Because, and I, there, there's a technical name for this and I don't know what it is, but especially for folks who have ADD, it's like a object. If you can't see it, you, it doesn't, it doesn't naturally oh, just yeah, come yeah. back into your brain. So you so haven't like if opened you don't, the app, you don't know that it's there. You right. don't remember it. Yeah. Right. Or like I use Asana for some tracking stuff and that gets overwhelming super fast because your list just gets like ribbon, 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 ribbon. Yeah. Um, so this is like, I finish my day, I erase it all. And then the next day I start from scratch and I put, you know, put the date on there. And, but it's also, you know, visually checking it off, putting a star next to it. You know, like I'm a five-year-old, like whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I do think you're right though. Getting up and physically looking at it helps me stay on track and task switch better for my personality. So do we have, do we already do a productivity uh, podcast? Or talk about our how we do productivity, how we get things done. I don't I feel like think we so. we talked about no. it a little we, bit. We probably danced we, around. We it. need to. We Ooh. we danced. <laughs> we did dance. Sambud around. We sambud right past that one. <laughs> yeah, that's a complicado dance, by the way. So I don't know samba. I'll pretend I know what that means. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot to learn. You know, I know the freelance dance when it comes to other dancing, you're, uh, you're, you're listening cool. to you're someone cool. who does not know what he's thinking about. No, you're cool. Well, real quick on that whiteboard. So you mentioned it's two-sided. Is that what you said? Yeah. And yep. it flips and it's standing. Yep. Yep. I, I've always loved those. I never thought about getting one of those from Amazon. Does that come in some huge box or, I mean, <laughs> you, you put it together and you do uh, put it together. These are like best with two people and not, you know, humble brag. I did it by myself. So, <laughs> I, I even I even used their tiny, uh, tiny three inch screwdriver that they came with it. Um, but but you know what? I mean, for a hundred bucks, it's it's aluminum. Um, the wheels aren't super awesome. So and you've got one you're actually moving around in your office, like it's because not stuck I, to a because wall. I move my desk because I move my desk and I'm putting my desk in different spots and I want to have something that I could I can move it over to my music space if I wanted to be working on music and and the the desk moving again is for. Because I have ADD, man. Just, like oh, I told you, just, like I got to have a different view. Like I've just changed it. I could change it up. <laughs> when I was a kid, I used to move the furniture in my room a lot. Did, I wonder if that has. I don't do that as much now, but I do like well, to. 
I'm in a very open space. It's easy for me to move my okay. desk and like look at no, different directions. You do have but, a different background every time I see you, but that's no big deal. No big deal. Anyway, <laughs> I love there's it. my there's my my whiteboard with 30 different um here's a little pro tip. The light green marker, useless. Mm. Just for the record, light green. <laughs> useless well i will say the 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 whiteboard that i have behind me is how we came up with the name for this podcast so just saying you're right you're right when i i use the whiteboard when i have to i have to stand up and think about the or come up with good ideas i wholeheartedly believe in whiteboards um yes because sitting down and actually just you know I, i i just find it interesting that you're using it for task uh be, I've also used it for stuff. for um, wire flows too, Task also for jir- journey maps to like oh, figure yeah, out yeah, like yeah. step one, step two, step three, like what is the process, what is the flow of this? Because you know what, like I've got an iPad and I've got I've got the pencil and I've got all mm-hmm. the, you know, all that stuff, but there is something about the quickness and the ease of not having to think about like how you touch the screen, how you hold which the app is yeah, which app which am I going to use? Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Oh, that's the worst. <laughs> I've got ten. I've got ten text editors. Which one do I type in? <laughs> it's terrible. It's like get I did it done because I couldn't choose. But, how much? Which yeah. which task management app should I open <laughs> to manage my tasks? I need to make I a task. To... I need to make a task to choose a new task manager. Which yep. app do I put that in? exactly? Oh man, Things, this is real problems, notion. man. This is real problems. Evernote, mm-hmm. Evernote. Oof. Let's not talk about Evernote. No free publicity oh. for those guys, those oh. jokers. Okay. Uh. Anyway, <laughs> there it is. That's my uh, that's my thing this week. We and, haven't uh, asked this question before, but I am curious. How much did it cost? I think I think everyone would like to know how much this thing costs. So I spent. Embrace yourselves. This is aluminum frame. Actually, real plastic wheels. 98 bucks deal 98 bucks and it was one of those things where i actually had one mounted on my wall behind me um but i found that doing zoom meetings then i was like oh can they see what my notes were and then like you know i like to gossip on my whiteboards or write things about people and then i was worried they were going to see it and (laughs) did you did you go out and buy it or did you have it delivered so i had it delivered um mostly because i'm in a small rural community that if I wanted something like that, it it probably oh. wouldn't be in stock or it'd be like 500 bucks. Wow. Yeah. So there's like not a so. Staples around to go no, pick We it used to, well, it, we do have a Staples, but it's closed and the building's empty. Oh, but we're getting a Starbucks, dude. Guys, it's getting a Starbucks. <laughs> it's going to open like winter of 2021, like sort of a months away. So anyway, it's going to be my wow. something, something uh, I like for one of these episodes. It's going to be like an Americano. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who's going next? Marty, do it. Okay. I'm if you go got outside, something. I'm gonna go outside the office. Good. This is also this is also a purchase I just made. Um, it is the Ryobi 15 amp 10 inch sliding compound miter saw. <laughs> Speechless. <laughs> I have the same one. You have the same one? It is fantastic. One. This is my first miter saw I've ever bought. Um, Congratulations, welcome. I uh, I'm excited. I have I have other Ryobi tools. Um, I have a Ryobi uh, table saw, but now I have a now I have a a miter saw, and it's it's a pretty that's a pretty big deal. 
like I, I took a picture of it and sent it to my dad and he was proud. It was amazing. So Aww, special <laughs> moments with the theories. Um, so we're going to be doing some stuff in the house and uh, you know, we've got some ideas. I've been, uh, I've been watching a lot of YouTubes, you know, like you do in, co- in COVID times. And uh, you know, I've been watching a lot of woodworking and, and, uh, I've got some ideas for my garage. We have some ideas that, uh, so like, um, I want to do like, uh, these, f- they're called French cleats where you can put like, uh, yeah. So they, you can, you can cr- create, build little boxes, you know, organize mm-hmm. it, build boxes and put those boxes up on the wall. And it's a little bit, uh, more of a, I think it's cooler than just like the, the standard, um, the American cleats. The standard it's, American cleat, yeah. <laughs> the, it's the French cleats. We like the French ones. Is it better? No, the you know the the board, the 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 you know the cardboard that people put up in the back. Well, like to, the like the holes with the holes. Yeah, in? yeah, yeah. Okay, it's a cork yeah. board. Anyway, super trashy. Yeah, so I'm gonna build these. <laughs> um, they're gonna be they're gonna be drilled into the wall, and it's gonna be cool. And then, so what we're trying to do is possibly make the make the uh, the garage a um, take just take everything off the floor and hang it up, and then also you know maybe possibly turning the garage into a, a little uh, a workout gym. studio. Yep. So we'll have to keep each other updated because I have um I actually oh man we even talk about Apple Fitness Plus but that's oh, the thing. Yep. Signed um, up. Yeah, I've already done multiple workouts with that thing. Oh, but, really? I have um, no one. <laughs> no, but that garage space, hey, that's right. You download the app. I mean, that's the first That's the first step, right? That took a lot of calories to download that app. Right. I mean, you're, watched, you're on a good, you're on a a good journey. <laughs> I've watched you with chips. This looks good. They're running real fast. I like that. Not the stretching video. This guy's that cool. Looks relaxing. That guy's doing a good job. <laughs> Go you. Uh, that's that's cool, man. Though about the uh, about the garage space, I think that's we're we're in the same process of kind of doing something a little more polished. But um, yeah, yeah, keep us updated. That's that's uh, kind of excited about it. That's cool. I have yeah. I'm supposed to. Uh, I, I gave myself a deadline by the end of January, so. To to do what? Open the, to have the box whole, or use the fitness app? Well, to have everything off the floor, the, the completely redone garage, gym, studio. Um, I want to put up like a TV so we can have the, the TV shows the, um, the workout workouts and all that. Have speakers in there and we'll see. It'd be called, uh, it'd be called Club Theory. Club Theory. And then a workout space. I love it excited it's good all right top that brandon i will not be able to top that but (laughs) even though i seemed super unprepared when we started this i actually did think of something i wanted to mention a couple weeks ago or last week and it's in the vein of your kind of off the wall recommendation jake of like not off the wall but what i mean is like it is riding a bike literally though oh yeah yeah okay good so bike riding that's your pick of the week yeah it's kind of like that for me for this week my pick of the week is taking a walk (laughs) Mm, yes and i'm telling you freelancers get out of your office we have we have a six mile loop trail there's by us there's a three mile six mile 11 mile and you can mountain bike on it or you can walk um i not i use peloton as a bike but i'm not a mountain bike or anything but so my wife and i we we took a took a hike on this trail a couple weeks ago and um it's just 
very helpful for your brain. Like we were just needing to be outside and get some exercise and, and it just, you, you never regret taking a walk. Just like you never regret, if you like biking, you never regret, you know, doing a bike ride, but you know, you, you can walk six miles in Florida. You can walk six miles in a couple hours or so, you know, at a, a leisurely pace. Cause it's not strenuous. It's just distance. And we both just loved it. I mean, I did think of actually a couple work things when I wasn't planning on it too. Like just little things pop in your head when you're not thinking. Yeah. So if you're, if you're a freelancer and you're struggling and you haven't been out of the house lately, just go take a walk, find whether it's a trail or whether it's around your block or whatever. I mean, I'm telling you, it's amazing. The ideas you get fresh perspective, re-energized, everyone says to do it, but you can't hear it enough. So that's my pick is just go and the longer, the better. I mean, people say you can walk around the block and, and get revitalized. Nah, you need to, you need to walk for a few miles. <laughs> that's, that's my recommendation. Don't, don't make it a five minute thing. Go actually take a real walk or hike. A 30 minute walk. Good. That's a mile. Yeah, thirty minutes. Yeah, and yeah. and just to be to be transparent, um, I did walk around my yard a couple times the other week because I just needed to get out of the house. My brain was in a weird space, and that did even though that was just a little bit. Now, granted, we also like to do a six mile hike in the woods, you know, on trails around us. But um, no, that's a that's a great pick, man. That is a great pick because I don't think we do it enough. Um, you know, the most well designed mode of transportation: your feet. And we've lived here for, you know, three, four years. And this trail is, you know, 10 minutes from our house. We have never done it. Never. Dude, it's, pan- it's pandemic. We've, we all like, we're like, I wonder what the trails are like in Oregon. I'm going to go travel to Oregon <laughs> to go on a trail. And it's like, we've got, we, so we've actually found the same thing locally. We've done for the, for the past three weekends, Amanda and I have gone out and done a, anywhere between a four to six mile hike through woods and trails we've never been on before. And I'm like, I've lived here for how long? It's great. That's awesome. And even, even Florida hiking, which is not real hiking. I mean, I lived in Georgia. We had real hiking, but even this trail, like you did have some parts of the woods and it was very isolated. Saw like two people for two hours. I mean, you can hear yourself think out there. I mean, it, it's kind of bizarre. Like it, what my wife and I were saying is like, it felt so weird because our town's pretty packed in, like wherever you go, there's just a lot of people. Cause it's just a tourist town and it's not, there's not many that, that many miles of, land to be on so it's pretty congested but you go on this trail it's like the first time both of us remembered being outside in this area where no one else was around you as far as you could see and that was kind of relaxing too but yeah it's a win-win go take a walk find a trail every town has them even if you don't think you have good walking trails i guarantee you you have something you can go walk on so check out your city website did you have to bring um alligator spray or anything like boa I mean, like, <laughs> well we, we did expect to see like there? rattlesnakes we we did actually expect to see snakes we didn't see anything we we heard stuff okay. but we didn't see anything yeah okay. so I'm, I'm alive i'm i'm not missing half a leg or anything i'm that's i'm still good. here people that's good, i didn't man. get injured that's taking good. a walk um i'll have to share the story i did a fat tire bike in a snowstorm this past weekend um a three mile ride down to the lake and back and uh with the right gear any weather with the right gear there's actually a lot of research about cold therapy like working out outside in the cold even so i guess that's the thing of saying take a walk no matter where you are even if it's cold bundle up get outside i love it yep psa of the week do it great um 
Unless, of course, you're in a jail cell. In that case, you can't go outside. And we're sorry that you're you're listening no, to this. You can. And you can. Pr- you are prisoners are prisoners are about forty two percent of our audience. Listener, too. Uh, yeah, right. little, little known fact. <laughs> little known fact. <laughs> I lo- that's that's amazing. All right. Well, on that note, awesome, awesome chat this week, guys. And um, yeah, I think there's some pretty great perspectives. So thanks for uh, thanks for opening up and sharing. Always, Jake. Thanks, Always. Thanks for, da- thanks for dancing with us. <laughs> yeah, thanks for dancing with us. All right. So until next time, we'll see you guys later. Bye. Later. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Freelance Dance. Subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time.